Y'all are my, my friends. Y'all my, my friends. friends. I ain't got nothing but love. <laughs> friends. All right, Friday has arrived. Episode 32 of Stories Inside the Man Cave. And as we all do, you know, it's not me, it's not Coach Mo, it's not Big Mike who make this podcast, it's the guest. And then again, the same theme is playing out here, Austin High School. Head football coach, former Notre Dame Fighting Irish, former NFL lineman, the Mike Rosenthal, and the latest UT commitment, Tom Herman got another quarterback, which happens to be Coach Rosenthal's quarterback, Charles Wright. Gentlemen, thank you for entering the man cave today. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, glad to be here. It's long overdue, and I hate it because uh, this is, you know – First of all, we have COVID to deal with. We have all this uncertainty of football season, what may happen, what may not happen. But we also have a busy time of year where Coach Mo and Big Mike have a lot of obligations. So you just have to hang with me for this entire episode. I, I hope you're prepared for it. I know I can be annoying sometimes, but let's roll and make the most out of this as much as possible. <laughs> Coach Mo, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Now – uh, before we go to Charles, your story, you have a, a pretty impressive story, somewhat of a legacy too. Let's hear from your next head football coach at the University of Texas, Tom Herman. This is what he said when he was asked about the NCAA's announcement of not removing a year of eligibility. Essentially, all players playing college football this season, they won't lose a year of eligibility. And it's no surprise what, how Coach Herman responded. Well, I think it's the right call, um, you know, with, with so much uncertainty going on with different conferences, uh, choosing not to play this season. I think that the NCAA got it right, and that's it, the, the fair and, and right thing to do. From what I understand and my limited knowledge of, of the rule that was passed is that the – seniors that would have exhausted their eligibility this year would not count towards your uh, scholarship limits in 2021. Uh, but beyond that, I, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, are they going to uh, manage or, or change the, the signing number, stuff like that. I, I haven't heard other than the way to, to, to stay on track is the, the way that I understand it is that the, the seniors, again, that, would have exhausted their eligibility this year, would not count towards your number next year. Mike Rosenthal, head football coach at Austin High, and his prize QB, Charles Wright, both of you loyal forever. Your thoughts on Coach Herman's response to that about the NCAA not removing a year of eligibility due to this COVID-19 debacle? You know, for me, I, I mean, I think it's a good decision. I, I think obviously with any decision in college sports, there are repercussions that kind of trickle down past that initial kind of decision. I think obviously we don't know what the fall is going to look like. And, you know, you only get a small amount of year or short amount, of, you know, four or five years to play college football. But there are always ramifications for rules like this, whether it's teams who don't have kind of UT's budget, can they afford to bring people back? you know, scholarship swelling, but then it also trickles down into, you know, those 2022s, those 2023s, because you're looking at a, just a loaded roster. So 
Um, I think it's good. I, I, I think we're all trying to do what's best for kids in this day and age. And, uh, you know, that's obviously best for kids to give them an opportunity to stay in college a couple of years and improve their stock, whether they're going to the NFL or finish a degree. So um, I, I don't think it's bad, but there are ramifications down the road. Absolutely. Charles, from, I mean, you're a smart guy. I mean, you're about to ent- – you're entering – you will enter the post-COVID era, I hope. That's what it is, a totally different a year from now. Your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, uh, it's interesting. There's, uh, like you said, there's a lot of ramifications that come from it. But um, I think at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for not only the players, but the staff and, and everyone as a whole. Make sure that this runs runs smoothly um, and, and we can rebuild as fast as possible. So, um, you know, it's going to affect the 2021 class and, and so on. But I think at the end of the day, we need to rebuild and do what's best for, for everyone in this situation. You know, to for those just joining or thinking, they, they obviously, if they didn't know Charles Wright before this week, they will now. I mean, obviously, when you get an offer, I mean, you were committed to Iowa State, great head coach at Iowa State, Brock Purdy, the current quarterback. You know, it's some people say it's a no-brainer, but you were about to enter a great situation at Iowa State as well. But – it seems like a trend with the quarterbacks going to Texas. They were lifelong fans. You saw Sam Ellinger um, wearing the uniform as a kid, uh, Ewers at uh, South Lake Carroll, and now you, all these pictures start surfacing. Is uh, How long did you enter this world, a Longhorn fan? I mean, with a uniform and all? I think so. I think <laughs> so. You know, that's how it worked. And, uh you know, like I've said, I'm, I'm blessed to be in this situation, but, my, you know, my family raised me right. They raised me as a Longhorn, and um, I'm happy to be in this situation. Now, to clear it up, I've met your father, I believe, uh, two or three times. Sure. For those who don't know, he's a former Longhorn himself, correct? Sure. Yes, sir. Now, yeah, he, uh, and, and he actually – he uh, we joke around about this. He's the uh, – I guess you would say my mom might be the athlete in the family. She played a little soccer in high school, and my dad was uh, – uh, a center in high school. He, he was a, probably like a 5'11", 6 foot, 175 uh, center in high school at a small school in Northeast Texas. So, um, you know, I, I'm very thankful for both of them, but uh, that's, that's kind of his background. So, it's interesting. Hey, Coach Rosenthal, having, when you knew about Charles Wright, when you first heard of him, did you see the level of quarterback that he could be immediately? Well, so, I mean, the story between Charles Wright and myself, it goes back to when he was like in six and seven years old and we had a clothing store in, in, in uh, Terrytown and he would come in and get shoes. So I've known Charles for a long time and he actually sent me a picture. You know, we did a camp and you were probably what, nine or 10? At least, yeah, something like that. Yeah, back then. And he shot me that picture at the end of the season. Um, but then I started getting calls from people. He was at St. Andrews and I started getting calls from people about him in the middle, middle school. And, uh, you know, when he decided to come, I coached him a little bit and, and watched him in summer seven on seven. Um, and obviously, he's been, he's been the best player to come through our school. But what I was impressed most when he was a, when he was a kid is just he, he just loves football and he loves putting the work in. And in a kid, as a 14-year-old, we pulled him up to fresh – we pulled him up to varsity – and he was that kid, most 14-year-old or 15-year-old freshmen are looking into the clouds during practice. You know, they're, they're messing with people. He's sitting there bouncing on his toes, just flipping the football 100% dialed into the practice and soaking up everything. 
And it was that. And then I want to say it was like the summer before you got there, we played dodgeball in the gym. And he was, he, it was like he was out for blood. And he was just, just the competitive nature of it. And the competitive nature of him is what put him in another level. And that's, that's kind of how he's gotten to where he is right now. Not only incredible talent, but incredible work ethic, ethic and uh, incredible just competitive streak. Right. And that's what sets him apart. So, yeah, I've had Charles. Charles has been in my life for like over 10, 12 years now. So we go way back. Yes, sir. I did not know this story. I, I did not. You know, that's, that's what's great about this podcast. We learned something new. And, you know, now, Charles, I have to ask you, did you ever – I mean, I believe in destiny. I believe things happen for a reason, hard work, focus on that goal. It's all about that mindset, especially being a QB. For sure. You have to be relentless. Did you ever – even though you were committed to Iowa State, did you ever – was there a point where you shut it down and I guess this is where I'm supposed to be that Texas wouldn't, wouldn't never materialize it. Did that thought ever come across your mind? Well, you know, to be quite honest, six and a half months ago, seven months ago when I committed Iowa state, I kind of knew to myself, I was like, you know, I, I pride myself kind of on my loyalty and, right. and how I, I, I carry myself in that uh, manner. So I was ready to shut it down at seven months and right, right when uh, they offered me and, and I committed. So Throughout that time, I was ready to build that recruiting class and, and focus on my senior year. Um, and I always thought that at the end of the day, if there was one school that came back calling, um, it'd be the University of Texas that I'd, I'd have to listen to. Um, so, you know, I mean, I always thought about it, but it was really in the side of my head. I, it wasn't really bothering me. Um, I mean, shoot, two weeks ago, I was wanting to be Texas, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to be quite honest with you. Because um, at the end of the day, it's a business, and right. I had a job to do it two weeks ago. and. I had to work to, to make my way up to Iowa State and, and do what I can do to start and beat teams in the Big 12. Um, and now I'm in this situation, and now I want to beat Iowa State. It's, it's kind of how it is, and um, I have to roll with it. So, Mike, I, when you were helping him along in this process, and, uh, and, and again, I know I've said it before, but Coach Campbell and Iowa State, you can't go wrong playing for a, a staff like that and what he has there. But – what did you do or what did you – any of your staff? Because I know you have a, a pretty amazing guys on your staff. Did, did, did you guys ever have to, I don't know, focus any energy on, on Charles to keep him dialed into what he needed to do to and keep improving each year at Austin High School? Oh, never, never. Because, I mean, it's wasted breath because I, I don't need to do that with him. Um I don't need to tell him to organize throwing sessions. I don't need to tell him to show up to workouts. Um, you know, look at his Instagram feed. It's, it's every day just kind of showing a video of him grinding with those other guys um, in Austin. But no, we, we've, we've never had to do that with Charles. He just, I mean, he gets it. And I'm not kidding you. He's gotten it from a young age. And uh, now we, we've talked about, for us, it's, it's helping him through this recruiting process to just, you know, focus on getting better and just let, let everything take care of itself and enjoy your time with your teammates. But now, I mean, th this kid's a self-motivator um, and he'll continue to be that for however long he plays football and however long in the business world. Like, no, he, he's got huge goals and uh, he shows up every day and, and wakes up every day ready to work hard for him. Charles, I have to ask you this. Um, 
Recruiting momentum is significant these days. It's like a domino. One or two dominoes start following, and you've seen Texas do this before when you were younger. Texas really has never had many problems, and even Notre Dame, uh, Coach Rosenthal's alma mater, uh, recruiting's never really an issue, but it seems to me there's something different about this 21 and 22, those two recruiting classes. Can you give us an insight on maybe what you can communicate about of, of, of to define or describe that momentum that's building for those two recruiting classes? Well, I think, I think we've been able to, I mean, we've been through so much, these two classes, you know, um, every class, no matter if you're 20, 2020 class, 2019 class or so on, you're going to go through uh, different obstacles. And I think this 21 class and 22 class are just going through something that no one's seen before, you know? Um, and I think that Texas has some, some absolute dudes um, for the 21 and 22 class. And so like this ball is just going to continue to roll. Um, there's no stopping for us. Um, and we got to make sure that that happens and uh, got to make sure that we keep it going. So, um, but at the end of the day, these kids that have committed to, to Texas, they've committed to Texas for the right reasons whether that's playing time on top of the business side of things and just they're, you know, truly soaking in all of the opportunities that Texas gives them. And um, I mean, when they truly look at those um, possibilities, you know, they're going to, they're going to make the right decision. So. Social media is huge. We, we all in this room and everyone who's listening would be lying. If you said you didn't log on to either Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at least once a day, um, give us some insight for though an uh, individual like you, and how you can recruit and continue to build your class. What's it like every day? Well, you know, I think you got to make, you, I mean, you have to be face to face in this world uh, as much as you can. I think a lot of people like to catch the Twitter fingers and, and just sitting online and going behind the screen and saying things that they wouldn't say in person. Um, but you have to be genuine with everyone nowadays um, and really make sure that they feel your energy and, and vice versa. So I think, you know, getting on FaceTime, making calls, um, you know, shoot, going in person, having lunch and, you know, whether that's recruiting or not, um, I think social media has get taken away from a lot of kids and given them uh, kind of a different way to, to communicate. But, uh, you know, I think we need to, you know, get away from that and start going face to face and, you know, being safe, of course. But, um, you know, in, in this day of age with our, our age group, we got to find new ways to, to interact and, and do it professionally. So. And Sean, the, these kids, from when I came out, like you would go to a camp and then you would see a guy. These kids know each other because they're they're all going to these, whether it's Elite 11 or they're going to these combines, like these kids know each other from seven on seven tournaments. Sure. And they're probably more valuable recruiters to each other than the coaches are because you see a guy, you know, throwing or catching or whatever at one of these seven on seven tournaments and you just see a dude and you're like, man, I want to, I want to be with that guy. I want to go wherever he's going. And th these kids, these kids know each other way better than we ever did back in the day. What Charles, I want to, I want to hear coach Rosenthal tell us, cause I have an idea. I kind of know what it was like. Uh, compare your recruitment back then Rose coach to what, how, how it, how it takes place now, because it was, oh, it was a little yeah. bit more disconnected. Dude, it, I mean, it was a rotary phone at the house. I mean, I'm pre-cell phone era. I'm pre-internet era, okay? So you had a voicemail at home, and it was coaches calling you. Um, but really, it was, uh, for you know, for me, it was Tom Lemming, and he's still doing it. But Tom Lemming invited me to a, 
to like a whatever. You just showed up in your jersey and jeans. And I was in line and I'm you're getting your picture taken and whatever. And then Tom Lemming goes to the guy in front of me. Oh, that's Jerry Wisney, who went to Jenks, Oklahoma, went to Notre Dame. And uh, he's like, oh, there's an All-American tackle. And I'm like, damn, man, that dude's an All-American? Wow, that's pretty cool. And then he wa- I, I go up and I say, hey, my name's Mike Rosenthal. Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't know who any of us are. And he goes, oh, you're the other All-American. I'm like, oh, man. So that's how, I, that's how you find out you were like a high school All-American. And it was just either verbal or snail mail. But, man, we none of this stuff. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have – Man, I put my highlight tape together on one of them VHS. Oh, wow. Yeah. These kids don't know how how easy they have it. It's simple. Hey, progress. At least we're evolving a little bit, you know. Well, uh, for sure. And and the internet has exploded. Like, you can put a clip on the internet and and coaches are going to see it, and then that gets you on the map, whereas back then it was just game tape. That's yeah. It's I almost forget how that was, but and and you talk about those VHS tapes. Charles, I was in the – I was I finished my TV career at KVU and for, I was in it for 20 something years and that's how I used to get jobs putting in what we called a resume tape on a VHS tape I used to send out I probably sent out hundreds of those since 1997 it's ridiculous now you just send a link online so okay. yeah I wish I would have been in the era that you that you're in you know it would have been more cost effective oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, you know, Jason Garrett, the former Dallas Cowboys head coach, current New York Giants head coach, um, there was a video of him speaking, I think, a coaching clinic in Frisco. It's a pretty profound story. He's talking about his high school head coach, Coach Faust. And it was talking about the message that Coach Faust always said, stand tall, stand tall. And he, was, he had two meanings to it, stand tall in the pocket. And but it was also a life meaning stand tall in life, regardless of whatever adversity has coach Rosenthal provided any type of profound message like that, that has stuck with you that you're probably going to carry with you for the rest of your life. Most definitely. And I think for me and coach Rosenthal, our relationship kind of, I mean, it goes deeper than football. Um, I'm able to talk to him whenever I need to, you know, whether that's about recruiting or about football or, or about life or about school, really anything. I mean, shoot, he can tell you this. I'm me and my left tackle, Harrison Donovan, we are in his coaching office every lunch. Like that's, that's we're in there just talking life, talking football. Um, and so I'm able to kind of lean on him for anything, any questions that I have that I need to get answered. And so I, I've been blessed to, to be in his presence for sure. And I'm just very, very thankful for everything that he's done for me. Also, I think it's a different relationship, like between my generation and my coaches and my generation and, you know, Charles and Harrison. Um, we just, we, we talk, you know, cause you're recording this and I'm like, man, yeah. he's got some, probably some R-rated language and, and he could say about me. And, and I just, I think there's a different relationship and, and I've always taken this with my coaching. Like right. it's, I've had my career. I've had my wins. I've had my losses. I've had my honors. Like it isn't about me. This is about me helping the next generation just kind of with life. And I would probably say we teach ball. You know, we, we, we do a lot of football stuff. Absolutely. But I would say the majority of, of what Harrison, myself, Charles, and a lot of our kids talk about and a lot of our coaches talk about is just life situations. 
Um, he probably knows more about my family than other people. And I'll say, you know, man, cause he's got a teenage, uh, sister and I've got two teenage daughters and it's like, oh man, teenage daughters are, is a weird world. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about stuff like that. You know, we'll talk about family. We'll talk about life. We'll talk about locker rooms. We'll talk about, you know, just how you act in certain situations. And uh, so it, it's just different. There, there's stuff that I talk to with these guys that I would never talk to with my high school coaches. So it's just, it's just a different, it's a different generation. It's just a different evolution, but um, you know, both are absolutely valuable. I still talk to my high school coaches to this day and we get a lot from that, but it, but it's definitely different. You know, you just, you bring it back memories. And I, I think we all can relate to what I'm about to say. I was nowhere near the athlete you guys are and were not even close, but those were some of the best, those men, right. Who were a part of my life as coaches, football coaches are now still part of my life. And how hard they were on me is the reason why I've been able to survive in life. To be honest with you, I know it sounds exaggerated, but it's not. Um, Charles, can you give me a good impersonation of Coach Rosenthal? Some of the things or share with uh, some of his habits that uh, he has. I'm a some weird of dude. He says. <laughs> Lord. Um, you won't get in trouble. Do whatever. I don't know. Well, I will tell you. Coach Rose does think he's – when it comes to him resetting the ball on the field, he does think he's a little receiver out there, I will tell you. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like, he can catch the ball. I'll tell you that much. He can catch the ball. I'll be, I'll be probably on the sideline or, shoot, wherever I'm at on the field, and he's, he's asking for me to toss the ball. He's like, no, 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 I'll catch it. I got you. I'll catch it. And he's, uh, he's probably 100 for 100 right now, something like that. But, wow. Uh, Man, Sean, in all my years of playing football, like, I don't know, 17, 18, 19 years, I've touched the ball three times in a game, okay? So when I do set the ball, like, I'm looking for something. And then we'll do, like, a, uh, on Thursday, kind of a run through the game, and he's the quarterback. And I'll always – I'm like, all right, I'm running the check down. Yeah. And he'll hit me in stride. Just – man, I, it's just it's just fun. So, oh, you, so he'll, he'll throw some back shoulder stuff to me. And, yeah, I, I like to think that I was skilled, but I was just good at running through walls. So, Charles, let me get to – I'm trying to picture this. I mean, I, he's, he's still a good athlete. So, well, Rose, Rosenthal will run a, a straight-up go route on a Thursday? Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. hit him. Swing and, routes, screen routes, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, at our age, that's impressive. <laughs> well, I'm a little, I'm a little older, so yeah. So your hamstrings are probably healthier, maybe. Nah, they're they're not healthier. I just I don't get into that gear, and he knows to take a little bit of something off of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's you talk about all these recruiters are talking about his accuracy. Yeah. So like he can be accurate with an old man, and he can be accurate with a high school athlete. Like he knows where to put the ball where they can catch it. So he. He throws me these little lollipops that I can get. <laughs> um, one guy that I think, Charles, you can comment on that uh, really gives a true perspective on things, is, and that is Coach Yurishich. I, I, I actually was working in Oklahoma City when Gundy hired him, and I saw I covered OSU. I didn't get a chance to know him, but I know his offenses are extre- he's extremely innovative. Uh, first off, how do you properly pronounce his name? And secondly, what is it about his offense that you get extremely excited about? Well, you know, I, I believe it's your church. Your I believe. Yeah. Okay. Let's not <laughs> quote me. Let's, you know, 
Yeah. Okay. We'll, get, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, no, but I mean, if you just look at who he's, he's coached and the offenses that he's, he's been under and that he's, um, he's led, I mean, you, you have to get excited. You know, I mean, when we were on the phone and he was kind of giving me the rundown on what he wants to run and what he, uh, he loves to run, I was, I mean, I was getting fired up, you know. Um, it's, a, it's an offense that you want to you play, play in. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of utilize what he has and, and learn for the most part. You know, there's so many things that I have yet to learn and I'm excited to learn, um, uh, whether that's a defensive scheme or just offensive scheme. And I'm, you know, I'm very, very thankful that he's going to end up teaching me that and uh, telling me what to do and all that. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to take his teachings and run with it. So I'm excited. Coach, you have any, I mean, you've met him, you've interacted mm -hmm. with him. Why is he a better fit now? not only for Charles, but for that program, do you think? Well, I mean, he, I've spoken to him a handful of times, and what I appreciate is he is no BS. Okay? I respect that. You are going to know exactly where you stand. There's no sugarcoating it, um, and I appreciate that. And he has been very – you know, he came and saw Charles throw kind of pre-COVID, and I had one of the most candid conversations I've ever had with anybody, um, kind of about Charles and – you know, Austin High and Austin, Texas and, and you know, why he's here and why he's not at another school. And um, so I, I think you absolutely know where you stand. And I think he – I know we're not supposed to curse on this and I'm oh, not going can. to. Um, but there's no BS. Like, you know exactly where you stand. You know what he expects. Um, and I just think he, he is all football – all the time and he just like you meet people and especially offensive coordinators and you know there's guys who are just kind of trying to manage the game or guys who are trying to you know get yards or do this like that dude I think from the outside looking in is going for blood and he wants to put up points and he wants to press and he wants to like I'm getting excited just thinking about it and I'm never even going to play for him um <laughs> But a guy who's aggressive, play caller, and I, I just think – I think he's a great fit. Um, I think he's done really good things everywhere. But for me, it's – he's just very candid and very matter-of-fact, and I love that. Yeah, I completely – So agree. when he says he likes a kid, he likes a kid. And there's no kind of pretentious where you're like, man, is this guy telling me the truth or not? Like, you know exactly where you stand with him. And that's the thing I think a lot of people – in the general public, and it, it doesn't really matter what certain people's opinions are or whatnot, but in this day and age, you need more straightforward talkers and thinkers. And, uh, and that, that kind of alludes to my last question. Um, I could answer this, but I'd like to hear what both of you had to say. Um, public health is number one priority. I get it. I respect it. We're in some uncertain times and things are changing hourly and it's, uh, it's frustrating. This is a game that all three of us love and have a tremendous passion for. But because of certain regulations, there may be a delay to the season. What type of message would you try to send that would help persuade or alter any decision like that? Um, so, well, for me, kind of throughout this summer and this quarantine, we've had to, you know, like I said, find there's obstacles that we've had to conquer and for us earlier on when we were trying to kind of get started practice started we only truly practiced for a total of two weeks maybe this summer as a team um and so we needed to find ways to get better I mean that's it's simple as that safely get better um make sure that everyone was okay with what we were doing 
And so we had to do player-led stuff. We had to just kind of get creative with everyone. So what's going on, and maybe if there is a delay, it's not going to be any different for us. We've experienced this before. Um, so we, at the end of the day, we just got to keep working, keep working. And once we get that shot, we have to make sure that we, we do as much as we can and, and we run with it and we take advantage of it. So, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but um, I think everyone's ready for it. Um, it's going to be tough, but we just got to keep working. So. Yeah, I respect that. And as a coach, I mean, you, you have to be on top. You have to wear like 27 different hats, Rosie. What's that? Uh, I think for me, you just got – I got to wear a hat to cover up this terrible hair right now. <laughs> At least you have um, hair. True. <laughs> point taken. Um, I, I think you got to control what you can control. And we talk about that a lot as a football team. Um, you can't worry about the outside. You can't worry about whether it's the Austin Public Health official or the governor or the attorney general. Like, you have to just control what you can control and really tighten down your focus into, all right, what do I have to accomplish today? I got to work out. I know I got to throw. I, go in, I know I got to catch. I know I got to get the group together. We got to be it safe. We got to do it in a safe way. But that's what I need to do. And you can control what you can control. Everything else, doesn't matter, to be honest with you. We're going to show up every day um, as long as they allow us to show up every day. And, and I think what else has taught me this is you have to savor each day. So Charles is right. We've been together, I mean, before this week, seven days since March. Okay, seven days. We went six days, got shut down. We went one day and got shut down. Okay, you have to enjoy each day that you have. And that's for life. That's everybody. You have to enjoy the people that you're with. You have to enjoy each day because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Okay. So I love getting to coach these kids. I've had more fun the last three days because I get to be around them, but I don't take it for granted anymore. And I probably did for the last two or three years, four or five years, whatever. I think COVID, you have to enjoy each day. You have to have fun each day which is why we stay after practice and we throw and we mess with each other and kind of talk smack to each other because that's kind of what's important. Just that relationship and being around each other and you just, you got to savor it and enjoy each day that you have an opportunity to coach this game and to be around these kids. So, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do this year. I had a staff meeting today with all the head coaches and that's what it was. It's like embrace the chaos, but enjoy each day that you have with your kids. So we're going to continue to do that. Man, that's sage advice, and that's honestly a, a life lesson that I think all of us, and I'm not exaggerating again when I say this, we need to embrace that. Yeah. Every minute, every hour, every day with everyone who's blessed in our lives. And uh, if we have football, it's just a bigger blessing. And uh, tell you what, before we wrap this first segment up, we got to give a big shout-out. Charles Wright, he's not going to Texas with the idea of not starting. Don't sleep on this guy. He will be competing for a starting job at Texas at some point in his career. Decommitted from Iowa State to go to Texas to fulfill a dream for a reason. And then Coach Rosenthal, the pride of Notre Dame, I appreciate you both for taking the time to enter the stories inside the man cave. I owe you guys, and I hope to see you both on a sideline very soon. Sir, I appreciate you having us. Sounds good. Glad to be appreciate here. Enjoyed it. Hey, we'll wrap up episode 32 on the other side of this break. Hey, guys, Mike from Last Stand Hats. We're not going to talk about Last Stand Hats today. We're going to talk about win reality. What is win reality? Win reality helps you get better in the batting cage. If you're looking to see pitches come in and out, 
and seeing you all from Clayton Kershaw to Randy Johnson back in the day to our boy Zeke, Greg Swindell, to maybe your competitor at the other high school. Reach out to our man Andrew at Win Reality, and he will hook you up and kind of walk you through how VR is helping change the game in baseball. See the pitches so you know the pitches. WinReality.com. Welcome back to Stories Inside the Man Cave. This is episode 32. Unbelievable. I've been saying this for the past two weeks that, or three weeks that I'm going to compile a best of the first 30 episodes that is coming. So be sure to check out our Twitter site at uh, Stories Man Cave. And, of course, our Instagram page as well, because I will post the 30 best moments in the first 30 episodes of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. Now, the reason I'm solo today, or again, is because Coach Mo and Big Mike uh, work professional obligations. You know, this is not our primary source. Well, we're not. Yeah, we have more important things, but we love this. But uh, they will be back soon, and you're probably tired of listening to me. But uh, if you missed uh, segment one, or just fast-forward to segment two for some odd reason, but the interview with Charles Wright, the latest commitment to the University of Texas football program, uh, a quarterback from Austin High School, uh, he means business. He decommitted from Iowa State. He was joined by his uh, Austin High loyal forever Maroons head coach, Mike Rosenthal, who was a former NFL lineman and a former Notre Dame great offensive lineman. Two great guys, Coach Rosenthal, they call him Rosie. He's a must-meet-in-person guy. Uh, fantastic, great personality, hilarious, and very impressive is the Charles Wright. Uh, Texas has got a good one because Charles Wright would have competed for the starting job to succeed Brock Purdy at Iowa State. So he left a good situation that he could have uh, participated in and been a part of the Cyclones program for a great head coach up there, but decided to fulfill a childhood dream. But don't think for a second that Charles Wright is going to Texas to be a backup. That young man is going to compete his tail off to hopefully win a starting job. Phenomenal arm and if COVID does not have any influence on the upcoming football season, you need to check out an Austin High Maroon game this fall. Um, the guy's arm, outstanding arm strength, incredibly accurate, puts up some numbers, and he is a tremendous, tremendous specimen of a quarterback. Uh, he is a pocket passer, and we're just grateful that he and Coach Rosenthal joined us for episode 32. Now. Some other topics, you know, as we talked about high school football, the public health, as far as Travis County goes, it is divided into five stages. Stage five is absolutely terrible. The worst stage it could be as far as COVID-19. Stage four is when high school football programs are allowed to have strength and conditioning. Stage three, which is where Travis County is currently as of this recording on Wednesday, August 26th, um, Austin is in stage three, which allows teams, football teams, to practice. Um, and because of COVID, 
We're on a delayed or staggered basis, which means only class 1A through 4A high school football programs in the state of Texas can be practicing right now. They will have a normal football schedule. Then 5A and 6A begin to start practicing at the end of uh, in September. But the problem is for programs like LBJ here in Austin, they're 4A Division One, And because they're in Travis County, they were not able to start practicing like the other teams in their district. They just weren't. They're at disadvantage. And games are supposed to start soon for 1A through 4A. And it may not happen for LBJ simply because they have to be, since they're in Travis County, the stage for LBJ to begin playing a game would be stage two. But I'm not saying that won't happen. It's uh, the, the, the cases and the infection rate and the hospitalization numbers are going down in Travis County. And let's hope that trend continues. Uh, as for the 5A and 6A programs, like the Austin High, Westlake, Lake Travis, Anderson, Bowie. <clears throat> it's going to be a tougher situation um, because if they're not at stage two by the time in September and October rolls around, uh, that's going to be a really tough, tough situation if you're going to honor um, the situation put in place by um, the Travis County health officials. So we'll play it by ear, fingers crossed. That is not a factor. Uh, NBA playoffs, significant situation that occurred on Wednesday. Um, two playoff games, obviously four NBA teams in Orlando at the bubble decided we're not playing because they're protesting the shooting that took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. An African-American man shot seven times by a law enforcement officer. And it just, we're in that situation right now where uh, we're going through these significant social injustice changes. Then that happens. So I commend the NBA teams, Milwaukee, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Houston for saying we're not playing, we're protesting. Some are saying, why? What is that showing? Well, it's showing unity that the NBA, as the NBA, as an organization is, they're protesting, saying, we're not standing for this. Social changes have to continue. Of course, oh, man, it's just tiring because you, you want things in society to change at a much faster rate. I think things are changing. I feel it. And it's no, I don't think things are changing, but they're not happening fast enough. Because, you know, we have bigger issues like defunding the police. Are you for or against it? We have racism. still exists. It must change. But as far as the playoffs, you know, um, as of this uh, today, Wednesday, the Rockets and Thunder tied two games apiece. Is Lou Dort for the Thunder uh, the guy that's going to stop the beer, James Harden, from – accurately, efficiently, willing the Houston Rockets to a game four, or excuse me, game five win. You know, that, that's the question in this series. We're guaranteed six games because they were tied two games apiece. Now, one other situation to keep an eye on, and it may develop before 
This podcast drops as you're listening to it on a Friday morning. The Earl Thomas situation. The former Texas Longhorn great defensive back um, waived, cut by the Baltimore Ravens. If you remember Earl Thomas, All-American, tremendous, tremendous defensive back, part of that DBU tradition, uh, was well on his way, I believe, to being a future Hall of Famer in Canton, Ohio, and having his own bust. He still may be, but he's going through some issues right now. I don't know what that stems from. He's been in, uh, on the wrong side of stories lately, if you will. Um, this recent one got into a fight with a fellow teammate. Baltimore cut him. But the rumor is that, you know, he may end up with the Dallas Cowboys. That was his team growing up, even though he grew up in the Golden Triangle, uh, Beaumont, Port Arthur area. Fort Nature's Grove, all that great, talent-rich, football-rich area. And I'll tell you this, Earl Thomas, as a person, phenomenal human being. Um, but he's had some um, life mistakes I'm sure he wish he had back, going through whatever he is right now. We don't know what the young man is going through. But let's keep an eye on that. And uh, you always want to be like Charles Wright and have uh, fulfill a childhood dream for Charles. He'll be playing for the Longhorns and Tom Herman. And it'll be nice to see Earl Thomas suit up for his team that he liked. And he rooted for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's nothing to guarantee. But, uh, boy, things are crazy how things end up happening the circle of life. That's going to be a wrap for Episode 32 of Stories Inside the Man Cave. I want to let each and every one of you know I appreciate you. Much love. We appreciate your loyalty. And if you have a comment, suggestion, or a question you'd like to have answered, uh, shoot us an email. Stories inside the man cave podcast at gmail.com. And I see you can put attention to me, Coach Mo, Big Mike, and just ask away. I'll be checking that inbox periodically throughout each week, and we will include you on the next uh, episode 33 or any episode as we record those on Wednesdays and we drop them every Friday and go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at stories, man cave. And of course on our Instagram page as well for the absence for good reason, absent big Mike and coach Mo. We, are. we good player.